Well, welcome back, More Than Work listeners. This is the start of season two. So season one was really the realization of something that I had been wanting to do for quite a long time. I used to be a podcaster years ago, and it is really great to be back and to be doing something totally different than I was doing before with just interviewing different guests who talk about their work and their life outside or maybe their work life, if that's what's really fulfilling them. This season, I've already recorded seven episodes as of now, and that's a lot different than what I was doing last season. Last season, I was recording and publishing even sometimes the day after I recorded, and it was really hectic, but I had to think about what works for me normally. And in my day job, I operationalize things, and I have processes, and I have deadlines, and everything runs a little bit better. So I decided to apply that to my podcast, and I feel like it's going to be a little bit less hectic. So let's see. I'll have to assess that and see if that prediction's right. It's kind of like people who go and look at their New Year's resolutions a little bit later uh, and don't follow them. So hopefully I'm sticking with this better than I'm sticking with my resolutions. I do have one correction from last season. In the fun five, I asked coffee, tea, or neither. And I said in, I think, the last episode of the season that no one had said tea. But Shawnee Badger, my very first guest, said tea, and I had completely forgot. So I have a listener and a good friend out there who has a very good attention to detail, and she realized that, so I wanted to put that correction out there. It's okay to admit we make mistakes, guys. So don't don't worry if you do, and um, that's one I made for sure. So this season, like I said, we have a lot of awesome guests coming up. I have two comics. One's a virologist and one's the head of public relations for a company. I have one of my close, close friends and really who I consider a mentor. He's going to be on this show. I have my first educator, and she's also an advocate and active in the union, and a former, um, well, not a former high school friend. She's a friend from high school. So we were formerly in school together, I guess, is what I should have said. And I have someone who's an entrepreneur and a CrossFitter and a coworker of mine in my day job. So that's the first time I'm having a coworker on, I believe, too. A lot of firsts here. And we're going to have a head of a nonprofit, founder of a nonprofit, really. And then we have our first guest, who this week is a chocolate maker and entrepreneur. And I'm really excited for you to listen to her. We had some <laughs> some really hard things happen in the U.S. I'm in the U.K., as, as I've said. And by the way, welcome. For those who haven't been here before, my name's Robbie. I'm the host of More Than Work. Welcome. I'm an expat living in England. I've been in England for a year, in London specifically. So basically, I spent COVID here, and I'm hoping to spend some non-COVID time here soon. But I'm American, and I am um, watching... Watching what happened last week from afar, and really just from a computer screen in my flat in London, and sitting at my computer and um, actually sobbing in front of my computer, was really it was really hard. And I think a lot of people were saying last week, and I'm talking about the riots at the U.S. Capitol, and I don't think it matters what political party someone's in right now. If you're listening, you probably were deeply affected by what happened there. 
And if you weren't and you don't agree with this, you know, that's all right. That's that's your opinion. You can start a podcast and talk about it there. But this is important for me to talk about here. I sobbed. I first went to Washington, D.C. when I was in eighth grade. It was a dream come true. I was already politically active then as a kid. And my mom somehow and dad, uh, you know, pulled money together and sent me to D.C., my best friend, who's still one of my best friends now, and I got to go. A teacher who I'm still, who I'm friends with now too, was there, and that was really special. Just to even reflect with her a little bit last week, but I remember the first time I saw the Capitol. The first time I saw the Capitol, I my eyes welled up. I was a kid, but I really loved our government. I used to watch C-SPAN, and watch all the votes, and this was when the graphics were really bad. It wasn't like cool moving graphics back then. It was just this kind of table with no grid lines on C-SPAN, and it would say yay, nay, I think abstained or didn't vote, and it would say the Republicans and the Democrats, and that was it, an independence or no party, I guess. Um, but it, had, it was a very basic table, and they would say who, who voted for what, and I would watch that. And so when I saw the Capitol... It really impacted me, and that trip impacted me greatly. One thing I want to do is serve in my life. I hope that this podcast, in a way, is an extension of that desire to serve others. Um, so watching that last week from afar, which I would have been afar anyway. I wasn't going to be in Washington, D.C. that day, I think, in any any universe. Um was really painful and I did I, I sobbed several times it wasn't even like a nice cry it was like a pretty bad one and I got very angry and very hurt I think it was really more hurt than angry and then I had to record a podcast like <laughs> and I had to edit and I had to do all my normal stuff while I was watching this happen and it just kind of made me think a lot about how you know these things that happen and impact everyone, but somehow don't really change what we do day to day are interesting. I don't know, though everyone was impacted by it, was anyone changed by it? Did anyone change what they did last week? Did anyone change how they communicated with others? I did. I, I was aggressive last week. I was aggressive online with other people. I was so angry. And I just want to talk through that here just because it's a it's a place I can because maybe this will resonate with someone. I think the lesson from last week shouldn't be to be more aggressive and more angry at people, but it should really be to think about the impact of our words and what we say because words were said that led people to violence. And I don't want my words to lead people to violence or lead people to feel badly or to feel badly about themselves or the community they live in our people around them. And after I was done reeling and kind of spinning out, I realized that, you know, I needed to record my intro to season two and I needed to talk to people and have elevated conversation conversations. And I wasn't going to be able to do that if I went in angry. And I actually didn't plan to say all this just now. So just so you know, I was done. Actually, I thought I was done talking when I just talked about my guests for this season, but then this happened. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it in. I, 
I hope it's not a mistake to do so. I hope some of this rambling and ranting helps someone, or if it didn't, doesn't, it helped me a little bit to talk through it. But I guess just think about our, we need to think about our words and the words we use and what our intention is with them, including me. And I, and especially me, I'd say, I know exactly what I say and do in different situations. Uh, I'm really hopeful about what's going to happen in the U.S. this year. Listening to my guests from both the U.K. and U.S. and Argentina. That's another thing. I have another international guest besides U.K. or U.S. Um, I think we have, there's so many good people and there's so many people doing awesome things and just trying to help, trying to improve their lives and others' lives and I think one reason I like doing this podcast is it just gives me hope and it encourages me to keep striving for what are my dreams and my goals. And I I hope you take that from it. I've gotten feedback that people feel bad about themselves listening because they feel like they haven't done anything and these guests have done so much. And that's not the intention. The intention of the podcast is really just to tell stories, to make us all realize and see that life is more than just our job title and more than work. And if you're feeling that way, feel free to email me about it and I'll talk to you about what you can do and maybe what you're, what will bring you fulfillment or talk to someone else about it or maybe just take that step. Maybe you've been thinking about applying for a new job or you've been thinking about volunteering somewhere or you've been thinking about even just reaching out to a friend that you hadn't in a while and that's how you would do something outside of work. But maybe take that energy and that feeling from feeling bad about yourself and just turn it into action and turn it into doing something or yeah, like I said, reach out to me. I'm happy to help too. Um, I think I've talked long enough. I don't know how long I've talked, but I'll find out in a moment when I check the time. Thank you for being here. Thanks for bearing through all this and you're going to hear some intro music and then we'll go into the first episode of season two. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you can, leave me a review. I would really appreciate that. We had over a 1,000 listens last season, so I can't wait to see what this season brings. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here with More Than Work. Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Well, welcome back from the holidays and welcome back to More Than Work again. This is our first episode after the holidays, but actually we're recording it before the holidays with someone who just went through their major, major busy season. So I have the founder and chocolate maker at Chocolatija in the United Kingdom, Wajiha Hussein. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. So, um, Maybe just first introduce yourself to the More Than Work audience. Yeah, sure. So my name is Wajiha. Um, I currently live in Bristol um, and I'm the founder and chocolate maker of a company called Chocolatija. 
So um, I guess my background is, funnily enough, is like more sort of IT and engineering related. Um, I did a degree in computer science um, and absolutely loved (laughs) creating software (laughs) and then moved into working for Nissan for about eight years. Um, So I have a very completely different background. Um, And so I worked for Nissan for about eight years after I graduated. And then I had enough (laughs) and then (laughs) left and then started up Chocolatija. So we launched Chocolatija in 2017. um, And we launched it in Newcastle. That's where I used to live beforehand. Um, So we're on the third year running this year. And yeah, we're going to be four years old next year. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, um, that's that's basically me in a nutshell. Um, me in terms of like as a person, um, I'm 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 a bit crazy. <laughs> I just I'm really creative. I'm a bit wild, um, and I think that's why um, I was more suited to starting my own business. And I have an obsession with chocolate, an absolute obsession. And I think yeah, that's why I founded founded the Chocolatea because I wanted to have a continuous supply of chocolate. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> That's great. And well, and you're talking to someone who's spent about the last, oh, I'd say 18 years in software development, not as a developer, but as a project manager. No way. (laughs) Everyone does. No one wants a project manager because they're going to tell you what's going on. But yeah, yeah, I can, I can relate to just being done because all the projects, they go a certain way at some point and you have to be able to say, oh, that's fine. And not yeah. feel bad about it, right? So Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so I guess when you made the decision to transition to chocolate, was it, did you do it kind of part-time at first or did you just go all in, straight cut over, not doing this anymore, I'm doing that? So I think the transition, I guess the transition of me turning into an entrepreneur is actually probably more relevant. Um, in terms of what the business, what I wanted to do, that came really naturally. Um, so I guess when I was working at Nissan for the whole time, I was really enjoying my job. Um, I loved what I did and it was it was a good lifestyle. But at the end of the day, I was working for someone else. Um, you know, I was doing things for someone else. I was working crazy hours um I wanted this sort of self sort of satisfaction um and the the feeling of achieving something or making an impact and every single day I'd go into work and work crazy hours but I didn't really feel that sort of satisfaction Mm -hmm. um so I felt myself transition into well not transition I guess I always had those sort of elements in me but the realization of all of that started to sort of come into play and with working in the automotive industry or any sort of corporate job, you're always going to have a glass ceiling. So even if you're at a certain level, you'll always be reporting to someone. So I knew that, you know, I will probably end up leaving and doing something for myself. What I actually wanted to do was I had no idea about. <clears throat> and um, I had some sort of idea that it would be food related because I'm obsessed with food. I love food. So that was something that was going to happen. But and also something sweet related. Um, but in terms of deciding the business, it, it actually just came, um, to me one day, I was just sat thinking, Ooh, okay, so what problem would I solve for myself? If I, if I wanted to do something in business, what's the first thing I would do? And um, it was simply make, well, not make chocolate, it was create a product of, which is chocolate, um, that I can eat every day. Um, 
And I did some research to see if this was an actual possible thing, you know, if chocolate wasn't just about, you know, eating sweet stuff, if it was something else, you know, it was something that could be incorporated into your diet. Um, and I just found so much, so many great things about cacao and where the where it comes from. I knew I was onto something. Um, and then I spent probably about a couple of months doing a bit of research. Um, but in terms of the decision that I'd made in terms of leaving my job, I probably had done that a year before. It was a matter of time of being ready in terms of mm-hmm. creating a business idea, but also working out if it was a viable business, if there was you know, a potential customer base would buy this kind of chocolate. Um, so that sort of took 12, 12 months. Um, and I think until sort of like, I had to get all my sort of ducks lined up, you mm-hmm. know, so I had all of these ideas, but they all needed to sort of happen. Um, and I also made my first bar of chocolate um, and give it to people and they loved it, you know. Um, and it was that, it was all of those sort of like moments where I was like, oh gosh, this is really proving this theory, you know. And everything that I keep doing is going to make me realize that, you know, this is something I need to do. So yeah, it happened, yeah, probably... Um, I'd say a couple of months just before I handed in my resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah. um, I want, I had this, this goal as well to kind of hand in my resignation before I turned 30. And it was just a personal goal, you know, it was, had, had nothing to do with anything, but um, I just wanted to not be in this environment post 30 because it was, it was like my next decade and my next yeah. decade, I wanted it to be something different. So I wanted that fresh start. So I handed my res- resignation literally a couple of days before I turned 30. Um, and then I went away for Easter break and, um, yeah, that was, that was a moment. Obviously I, I, I told the, the company I'd, I'd, I'd work for like sort of three months, do a handover, but, I was, yeah, I was just thrilled that just doing that thing, you know, and it, it was so liberating just saying that I'm going, you know, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah you guys, so one thing, so I'm American and a lot of the listeners will be American, so they'll probably be surprised by this, but you have to give like two or three months notice here, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I think in some jobs with my contract, it was a month, but um I had a very, very good relationship with everyone. And also I did love my job. I'm not, not going to lie about that. I had an amazing job. So I loved to do that. It was, you know, in my interest to do that handover. Um, and I've kept in touch with a lot of people as well. So it was sort of my choice uh, to do that. And um, also spent a lot, about three months with people. Everybody knew that I was leaving. So I had to, I was able to have those conversations. And it was so interesting to get people's perspectives of, of a lot of people that have worked in the corporate world for pretty much all their life, you know, to ask me, what are you doing with your life? You know, mm-hmm. so it, it made me even more happier and stronger because, you know, I realized that I'm, I don't have a mindset of these people. It's the, their, their mindset is completely different. Um, but it was also good to be challenged as well, because there was a lot of people that I respected and they said, are you sure? You know, you do realize you're not going to have a salary. You know, you've been on a good salary for eight years and you don't mm-hmm. understand what it's like to not have a salary. So it, those things were really good. So it, it was it was a good wake up call in those three months. But I knew that this decision was going to happen. That there was no going back. But mm-hmm. a lot of my friends and family just sort of kept saying, oh, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? So it was good for me. I, it was good to be sort of challenged. Um, but then I also had a time for closure as well you know I needed that mm. that three months to say bye to everyone so it was it was worth it 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a benefit to being able to give notice and everyone know it. And a lot of times in the States, what will happen is you'll give your notice. And it's usually because something happened. I mean, sometimes you move on to a new job, like, and it's good and everything's great. And sometimes it's really a hard thing where someone asked you to, or you yeah. decided to, or whatever. Yeah. Of and then they say they don't want anyone to know for X period of time. And then on your last day, you maybe get to email people or secretly right. put up drinks or something. So it's such a weird process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No like, it's no closure. You just kind of go to drinks, and then after you've had a few, then you're telling everybody what happened. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> so, you're just going to deal with it, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's not even generally my experience, but others, too, because I've been at those drinks, and you get some good stories. But Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. you know? So it's kind of, that is nice, and that's a mature way of looking at it. I like the idea, too, that, people questioning you didn't really make you doubt yourself, but just made you answer the questions to kind of reinforce what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And these, these were people that are, you know, they were close to retirement and are really respected. So having their opinion and their questions was, was kind of important, but also understanding that actually an entrepreneur mindset is completely different to Mm -hmm. a mindset of somebody who does a job for all their life and they don't want to do anything else and there's no right or wrong here obviously it's just Mm -hmm. my way of living that's how I choose to live but one thing that I did realize is that my mentality would be drilled into thinking that this is what I wanted um, and it's because, you know, coming from an Asian background and, you know, also seeing success defined as a stable job, a stable income, a house, a car, materialistic mm-hmm. things is what defines success. And I thought that for, you know, up until my sort of my 20s um, and that switch happened gradually. But when it happened, it was like, wow, right. I get it. I get it. You know, Um I'm never going to be like that, like them, and they're never going to be like me. And but at the same time, also like a lot of valid points as well, like actually realizing that I'm not going to have a salary, but would I prefer to be mentally happier and earn less with the thought of eventually having a salary that would match the salary that I got, you know, at at Nissan, but that would be something I work towards. But actually, when I come back home every single day, I feel like I've made an impact. Or I feel like I've made a change or forget all of that. I feel happy. (laughs) That's more important, um, you know, rather than for me, that's that's sort of what my my realized my beliefs changed a lot. Um, And I think that's so important as an entrepreneur as well. You know, not I don't think everyone's cut out for it, just like not everyone is cut out to do the same the same job for every single day of their life. You know, just like being an entrepreneur, not everyone is cut out for it. And yeah, like I still have that every day, you know, people do challenge me, people kind of say, oh, okay, so what's your financials like? What's your, what's your, you know, PNL like? And I'm like, that's not that important to me, you know? Yes, of course, I need to have a stable business. But the one thing that's important to me is that I'm making people happy. I'm, I'm, me, myself, I'm happy, you know, I'm mentally happy. Um, So that, that sort of foundation is really, really important, you know? And that's why I, I need to do a lot of work on myself before I, I left, I left my job. So yeah. Yeah. And what about, so how many employees do you have right now? Cause I know like one gets featured a lot on your Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But, we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do have one, uh, one employee. Um, they, she was meant to be part-time, but 
yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> she became full time very, very quickly. Um, so we've had staff uh, in the past, like on and off, but we've never had like a, you know, a, a proper person. So this is our first staff member um, and me. So there's just two people. Um, wow. But yeah, we, I think as soon as you, you, you hire your first staff member, you realize firstly how did I do this all by myself I just I don't understand it um and secondly gosh we need more people yeah <laughs> I need assistant for my for Lena and I needed assistant for myself as well so you kind of realize that actually you know wow and I think when you hire someone else as well you take more work on you definitely mm-hmm. do so then when you take more work on you get more work so um I think hopefully in the next sort of year at least we'll have we'll be seeing more faces for sure so was it a hard decision to decide okay I need someone and then also to know you had the right person to work for you yeah I think that was the most difficult thing in in this business that I've ever done in all honesty and I think that's why in the past I've had people on and off sort of on a temporary basis because this is this is my little baby and not everyone understands it completely so to bring someone on board who has to understand your vision and your concept but someone who can try and implement it but also help you implement it and also you know push you and challenge you as well so all of those aspects are are impossible to get in in one person but I think I have been really fortunate um so it was just I think after the pandemic I say after, not after, sorry, the first lockdown that we had in the UK, um, I was approached by her and she said she wanted to volunteer. Um, and I was like, wow, of course, yeah, come, come, come just watch and help. But she wanted to sort of get some experience. She was working already. She had another job and um, she volunteered for, for three months. In that time, we both got to know each other. We both got, both got to sort of understand each other. And at the end of it, um, I was going to hire someone but um, she turned around and asked me if what if I if what if I took the job, and you don't you don't get that from anyone else. It was such a what I really admired about her is that she turned around and said hire me, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know she's she's been like exceptional. She's been so good, and I I think I'm extremely extremely lucky because she believes in my, my vision, and she understands and she sees that I graft. Uh, you know it's, it's hard work it's not easy but she does the same thing um and she just gets on with it but I have to say you know it's, it was one of the hardest things I've, I've ever yeah. done I think it's in this business um and yeah the fact that, that she's still here and you know she's staying as well which means that yeah it's, it's been a very good decision she's I just I mean I certainly this is the first time we're talking but so I don't know you but she's funny I mean, she's doing this great stuff on Instagram. <laughs> That's really engaging. And I think it's a yeah. good brand thing too, right? Because Absolutely. I think it's reflecting kind of someone who is disrupting a bit, right? That's so it. I, That's yeah, it. I like it. It's, it, it's, it's good for, for like people on my social media or anyone else to see because they understand that we're not, we're not, where we are serious about work, but most of the time we're, we're really chilled out. We're having fun. Um, and also someone other than me as well being mm-hmm. on my, on the Instagram, because obviously for a lot of people it gets boring, you know, same face over and over again. So for a lot of people, and she, she has, she has this lovely personality and that, that's what shines through. Um, and everybody, she's known by so many people. They always ask about her when people send me emails, they, they say, how's, how's Lena? So <laughs> I love that. I love that she has come in and she's sort of, yeah, done that. Cause it's, it's helped the brand image a lot. 
for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So talking about your vision, so say, and saying she understands it, what I understand it to be is, you know, that people should have chocolate every day. That's probably <laughs> simplifying it too much. But what is yeah. your vision? So <laughs> basically is that it all really stems from that, but um, it's making chocolate accessible for people. Um, and it's also sort of my misunderstanding of chocolate and how, yeah, I, I, how I didn't understand it was when I was a kid, um, chocolate was really restricted. So we just couldn't have it because of the his- strong history of diabetes um, and lots of other sort of issues, heart, you know, heart issues and things like that. So we were allowed to have chocolate. And then um, I think one day my mom saw me salivating um, in front of a, like, a kid who was eating chocolate and she was just mm-hmm. like, I, you just look sad. And so then we were allowed one chocolate bar a day. So it, it sort of stemmed from that. And um, when I got into my teens, I realised that, wow, like, I can do anything like I want now. I can eat as much chocolate as I want. And I did. I ate so much of it. And my my skin was horrible. Like it just I broke out like crazy. Um and I had, you know, I put on so much weight. And it was there was it was on one side I was happy, but the other side my health was affected and there was mm-hmm. just so many issues related to chocolate. And then I gave up on it. And um, again, you know, being obsessed with chocolate was something quite difficult to do. So um, when I realized that, yeah, I, I've got this problem to solve, it was also explaining and to people that it isn't chocolate that's the issue, it's actually sugar. Um, and hence why I have lots of other sugars that I use. You know, I use um, uh, coconut sugar, date sugar, maple syrup. I use a lot of unrefined sugars. And the sugar, the normal sugar that I use as well is the unrefined cane sugar as well. So it's unprocessed. Um, because my, my mission is to, to understand, for people to understand that it's, it's sugar is the culprit and it's not chocolate. Um, so there's an the education side of things as well. Um, but then aside from that as well, you know, it's the amount of ingredients that gets put into chocolate, which, you know, if you go to a supermarket, turn the back of a wrapper and you see about 15 ingredients that you just don't know what they are. Um, and that's what I try to simplify as well, is that, you know, we make we make make the chocolate with maximum six ingredients and in some cases even three so um, you know what's in there, and um, and also the other thing as well is that you can eat one piece of chocolate and be satisfied, rather than munching the whole thing. And I, I have to admit, I have done that several times with my chocolate as well. I have munched the whole bar, <laughs> but <laughs> I have no self control. But I do find that with chocolate, the the chocolate that I make, you don't need to eat as much of it to feel the satisfaction as opposed to sort of supermarket chocolate. So there's the so the, you've got sort of what I've mentioned, my mission statement is like eating chocolate every day, but also the education part of it, helping people understand that chocolate is accessible. You can eat it, you know, if you wanted to, if you've got certain dietary requirements, you've got your diabetic, all those kind of things, you still can eat it. Um, but also um, I make it from the cocoa nib as well. So making chocolate from, I guess, as close as possible to in the natural way that's the best kind of way that you can make it yeah so, I, yeah oh go ahead no that's what I was going to say yeah that's it <laughs> so yeah and just to prove your point um I'm holding the cinnamon latte bar which is amazing uh, and it has organic Peruvian raw cacao butter unrefined cane sugar organic coconut milk roasted coffee beans ground cinnamon that's it yeah and so and 
What I like, too, honestly, is that it has an expiration date that's within the foreseeable future, meaning that there is stuff in here that is natural versus preserved yeah. endlessly. Some chocolate bars, I, I don't, I guess I haven't studied or kept chocolate around long enough to ever hit the expiration date, but, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it does expire, really. It's just, like, forever. Yeah, you know? that's, that's, so. that's the thing, and I never, ever want to use preservatives. And one of the things people ask me is, oh, what's your, what's your end goal? Do you want, like, do you want to be stocked in, like, Waitrose? Um, and actually, that's not my end goal, because if I was stocked in a supermarket, I would have to put a preservative in because they wouldn't take a product that expires like within sort of six months. Mm -hmm. So my goal is not to use preservatives, because you'll find that once you buy chocolate, it doesn't it doesn't last on the shelves for more than like a week or two weeks. You know, it gets eaten. So why? Why do I have to put a preservative in? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the health benefits of chocolate, too, that people might not be aware of? So, well, if you eat co uh, cacao in its rawest form, so without sort of any sugar in, um, just the actual nib, it's it's meant to be good for you. So it's got a lot of sort of minerals in it. It's got lots of antioxidants in it, which are actually meant to give you that sort of a boost, um, a boost of energy, boost of sort of productivity. It's meant to be good for, you know, the brain. So um, back back in the I can't remember which century it was now but when it was founded by the Mayans um they used to crush it um and make a drink with it um um it was like their Aztec hot chocolate um so they put hot water in it put spices in it and they would give it to the men to, to have in the morning before they went off for a hunt or chopping wood or whatever so you know it's um yeah it was their work version of like a boosting energy drink uh, before they did something that was quite physically straining. Um, so it's meant to, yeah, it's meant to do all of that. Um, and a lot of people, yeah, say, that, you know, it's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, there's um, there's a lot of lot of things, a lot of um, facts about chocolate improving your mood as well. So mm -hmm. it, meant, uh, you know, it releases endorphins, which actually make you feel happy. Um, so there's, yeah, there's all those kinds of um, benefits. Um, there's not a lot that's actually factually proven, um, but the only thing that I wanted to really know was, does it really contain antioxidants? Um, because antioxidants are great for cleansing your body. Um, and I did an antioxidant test on my chocolate um, oh. on, in 2017. It was really expensive, a couple of grand, really. And I did it because I was on a mission to see if it is really, does it really actually contain antioxidants? And I tested a milk chocolate bar, which is about 40%, and I tested a 72% chocolate bar. Um, the 72% dark chocolate bar contained four times as much antioxidant than the same amount of goji, goji berry. Oh, wow. And goji berries are have a lot of antioxidants in. So when I, when I saw the results, I was like, oh, well, that's good to know. Um, it doesn't make it healthy, but unless uh, if you if you if you add sugar to it or if you add lots of things to it, if you have it in its rawest form, then it's mm -hmm. the most healthiest. Um, so I do have a chocolate bar, which is the raw chocolate range. Um, mm -hmm. It's 72 percent. It's made with coconut sugar, maca powder. Um, and yeah, and that is, I guess, the healthiest, the healthiest chocolate that you can find in my range. And yeah, four times as much antioxidant than goji berry. Um People that have eaten it, um, sort of customers, they eat it before they go for a bike ride um, or like, you know, swimming or anything like that mm -hmm. or hike. And 
they said that eating it actually feel makes them feel more productive um or gives them that boost of energy so whether that's in their in their mind but um i know that obviously i've done the tests and there is more antioxidants so it does work that's great that's really yeah. cool that you were able to do that too and just get that data anyway yeah, absolutely yeah, i like yeah. that yeah so what's <laughs> what's been the biggest learning for you maybe going from working from for someone else to just working for yourself and maybe even a perspective you got on, Oh, that's why they were doing that. Now I see. Yeah. Oh, well, I was found working in a corporate world that things were really, really slow. Um, so let's say you had an idea, um, you wanted to make, make this sort of car, you know, you'd go through a whole three year process of just the concept. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you first start your business, you realize that you have all these liberations you know, and you think, oh, I don't have any boundaries. I can do anything I want. I can create any product I want. And um, one thing that I have to say is um, you don't, you're kind of naive in that sense that, you know, you start creating products, you take them out to market, you sell them, and you become in this sort of, sort of constant cycle of producing, selling, producing, selling. Mm -hmm. And because I am extremely creative, I, I get bored with creating the same product. So I'm constantly creating um and there's one thing that you know I learned my corporate job as well is that sort of having the stability of products similar products is really an important foundation to any business um and I didn't understand that as much because you know for me you know like I said I get bored with this doing the same thing um but with Nissan in particular there was a couple of cars which were just so outdated but there mm -hmm. was there was a market for that there was customers that would constantly buy it and if we would make a change the customers would complain they would absolutely hate it and that's one lesson that I think is really also important in sort of any business whether it's small or big is having this sort of stability in your business or having a core range of products that are always on the website that people continuously order and they're addicted to and that is your loyal customer base mm -hmm. um so at the start, I was constantly chasing, not chasing, but I was getting a lot of sort of new customers. And it was because I was creating a lot of products. So, you know, every single time I create a new product, get rid of it, create a new product, get rid of it. So I just had new customers every month or, you know, every few months. Um, and it's probably taken me probably two, two and a half years to create a stable core range. And mm. um, yes, when I make that core range, I get bored because I could do it in my sleep. But this core range, people are addicted to, um, and they order it on repeat. Um, and obviously, I don't understand why people do that. But because, like I said, I get bored with the one flavor. But there is a huge, huge sort of customer base of people that will like one flavor, and they will just order it every single day. So that's something that I realized. Um, and now I have that sort of stability in the business. But to ensure that I'm still creating, I kind of base it around the, the occasion. So, for example, Valentine's Day, I create like a limited range and Mother's Day, Easter, mm -hmm. Christmas. So I'm able to create, but I try and keep uh, sort of a record of all the sales. So what sold the most? And then based on that, I sort of work out trends like trends. So every year trends change like for flavors and like one year you'll find people love white chocolate the next year they're on to dark chocolate so mm -hmm. um so it's really important to have all that data and I think as a small business you don't sort of 
as for me, for sure as well, I didn't want to cling on to all of that data because that's what I did in my previous job was constantly look at data, constantly look at trends. But when I actually did look at it, I realized, oh, that's really useful, actually, because like, for example, for Halloween um, this year, um, we launched flavor which was snotty pistachio yes (laughs) (laughs) and honestly right pistachio I love pistachio but it's not my favorite I launched I launched it because obviously pistachio looks like snot so um people loved it I just don't get it why I even (laughs) say I say to Lena I don't understand the obsession I don't get it and it's a nice chocolate but it's it's not my favorite at all but people are obsessed with it so um, <laughs> we launched it for Halloween and then we took it away. The amount of messages I got every day, there was a couple of people that, you know, they kept emailing me like, please, please don't do it. I told them there's there's some left in the shop in, in uh, Bristol. They went to that <laughs> shop and they got it. Oh and, you know, they, they were that crazy for it. So um, when it came to Black Friday, when we were sort of rethinking, right, what should we do for Black Friday? We do something differently. I brought back some of the favorites, which was mm-hmm. Naughty Pistachio put it on the website, it went sold out in like two minutes. Whoa. And I'm just like, what? I don't, I don't get it. But that's, that's, again, that's something to sort of remember is that, you know, you know, you have to remember what sells. Maybe next year, that might not be the case, but you've got to keep sort of, you've got to remember what sells and take that through to, you know, the next, like hmm. the next month, do that again. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that's something that, working in an in a sort of corporate environment has taught me um and yes it's been extremely liberating not being stuck to you know a strict routine of doing things but at the same time I'm glad I had that experience and I can sort of carry that forwards sure yeah and even if you so if you think about being creative and wanting to create new things and that being important to you but also what people want I mean if you think about concerts and comedy and stuff like that and I do comedy on the side and I'm very new at it, like a year and a half, but after a year, I'm still telling some of the same jokes yeah. and kind of implementing them diff- in different ways, but okay. those are the ones that work. That's and it. The thing that made me realize most was like, I've seen Elton John like 40 times, which is ridiculous. Okay. So that aside, I always look forward to the concert starting out with Funeral for, for a Friend, A Love Lies Bleeding. Like every time I want him to start with that, that's what I'm yeah. expecting. And yeah. I've heard the song, you know, loads of times. And so I think it's just that's how it is as a creative. You you keep going with the stuff that works, but then you build on it on the side and create the new stuff for you in a way, right? So absolutely, that's what. Yeah, (laughs) your core brand is your rocket man. You know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you probably don't get why do they want to hear this still, but that's fine. Let them let them have exactly. Yeah, sometimes you don't understand your customers, but if it works, you've just got to stick with it. Yeah. Well, and what's your favorite flavor that you've created so far? Um, I have to say that I am a massive fan of dark chocolate. And mm-hmm. I think even today when I make white chocolate, I'll eat it, but it doesn't excite me. So um, it probably is the raw chocolate range still. Um, and then after that, probably the peppermint, dark mm-hmm. peppermint, because I love mint. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like, I love all of the flavors, but that's something that I, you know, would eat every single day. <laughs> I love it. I think your creme brulee is amazing. However, I also Aww. think that I need to listen to your voice in my head saying you can only eat one piece and be satisfied. That's- <laughs> <laughs> you should almost have a t-shirt with that or something. But- 
that's cute. <laughs> but um, I need to be following that as well. So <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like advice that none of us take. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, do you have any like advice or mantra that you maybe would like to share with people or that you end up coming to sometimes that you think is yeah. important? Yeah. I mean, I guess for anyone starting in business, I think the most important thing I would say is it's, it's hard work. And also another thing as well is that sometimes when you're having a bad moment, you're having a hard time, you need to sometimes realize that this is temporary. Um, you know, this year has been tough for us. Um, and there have been moments like twice this year I've thought about quitting which is crazy because we've had such a successful Christmas I would never have had that Christmas if I had quit you know Um, Mm -hmm. and I never do I want to quit but sometimes those thoughts come into your head and you have to remember is do not give up you know Um, with every small business it takes time you know you know we're not like we don't have a lot of marketing spend we don't have a lot of like budget to spend on getting a word out so it takes a while for people to know who you are um so it's important to you know remember not to give up and there will be a lot of people that come in your way and say that's not a good idea oh I don't believe in that um and they will challenge you it is good to have that challenge but just don't ever forget what your dream is um and sort of let let that encourage you every single day you know I have a vision I have a dream for this business and I will keep chasing that until I'm there and that's every single day I wake up go to work and if it's, that's the vision I think of um, and it takes a lot of hard work determination resilience to make a business successful and you know it doesn't you don't need any special skills all you need is your 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 you know your passion and enthusiasm and hard work to make a business successful and anyone can do that you know as long as you have those three elements in so yeah I would say hard work resilience and don't give up on your dream that's great all right so I have um my last five questions are called the fun five and they're just to kind of get to know you a little better and maybe have a little fun. So mm-hmm. the first one's based on my wardrobe mostly, but what's the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear? Uh, it's a really plain red t-shirt. Um, <laughs> nothing exciting at all. It's just really baggy and really nice um, and really comfortable. <laughs> so I'm sorry, that's not a very exciting answer. No, that's, that's important though, that it's comfortable. Yeah. Baggy. Like I don't, some of my t-shirts I have are from when I was, you know, like 10 years ago or even like 25 years ago when I was definitely a smaller person and it's still baggy on me. And I just don't know (laughs) what fashion trends must've been that you can gain how much weight and still fit into your Exactly. I love that. It's amazing. I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can't wear my prom dress, but I can wear my t-shirt from then. I love that. You know? Um, all right. So one thing people are saying about 2020, and I might have to change this question next year, who knows, is that every day is like Groundhog's Day, right? It's just been all the same because we're all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. So in that movie, Bill Murray has I Got You, Babe by Sonny and Cher playing on the alarm clock every single morning. What song would you have on your alarm clock every single morning if it was really Groundhog's Day? I have really bad days in music. So... <laughs> Um, ooh, do you know what? It's going to sound really like sad, but um, it's probably something Bollywood. Um, hey, that's great. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be something on the American Top Forty. 
There's a song. I don't, I, I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard any Bollywood songs? But there's a song called Chaya Chaya. Um, uh-huh. And it's just it's just an upbeat song. But they're dancing on a train, and on a moving train. And <laughs> it's a really, like, I put it on when I sometimes need, like, a boost of, like, let's say I'm working and I'm really struggling. And I just imagine people on a train dancing. And I think, well, if they can do that, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I'd say something like that something sort of upbeat um definitely that's a good way to wake up absolutely all right so coffee or tea or neither coffee coffee all right and do you take it any certain way or just black uh frothy milk I'd say and sugar <laughs> <laughs> all right do you remember like when was the last time that you laughed so hard you cried or just couldn't stop like what was going on? Um, probably involved me falling, um, <laughs> and yeah, falling over nothing, which is what happens all the time. Most of the time, my husband sees me on the floor and says, "How? How did that happen?" I said, "I tripped over myself." <laughs> so <laughs> I'm extremely clumsy, and the, the the worst thing is as well, I'm the only one that's laughing, and he's just like looking down. He's like, you know, kind of like, "What? Yeah. What do I do with you?" So. Probably, yeah, it rolls around me probably falling somewhere and just, just making a mess of myself and laughing my head off because I find myself so amusing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Last one. Uh, what a, or who, and, or what, I guess, but who inspires you right now? Um, right now, um, it's a difficult year, I'd say, because I do find that there is always somebody that inspires me. This year has been really tough, um, but... I would have to say, this isn't anyone in particular, but I think a lot of small businesses have actually inspired me this year because there's been a lot of businesses that unfortunately have to close. Um, But I've seen a lot of founders, and this is all through Instagram, that have actually been really amazing during COVID. um, And they fought and fought and fought really hard to make their business survive. So funny enough, yeah, my, my hero is probably... A lot watching a lot of small businesses get through COVID, and that's what's kept me going. Um, I think without them and without their energy, I'd probably I don't know if I would be in the same position as I am now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, small businesses have really inspired me this year. That's awesome, and that it, they are inspirational. And I've been trying to shop local more, and it's really it's challenging. Yeah, it's so challenging not to just hit that buy now on Amazon, Absolutely, right? But, yeah. So Absolutely. hopefully people are carrying that into to the, the year people will hear this in 2021 because it's so important to support businesses like yours and others. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been super. It's really been fun talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Yeah, and everyone um, will have links to Chocolatiha on the website and on the show notes, but uh, check them out, especially if you're in England because they're easier to get here. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for joining me this week. You can find out more about our guest in the show notes. The music you're probably moving to by now is by Joe Mafia. Find him on Spotify. That's Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. And Rob Meckey is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let us know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining yourself outside of work at More Than Work Pod on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Give us a follow. 
or visit our website at RabiaSaid.com. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. We'll be back next week with another guest. In the meantime, while being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself. 